podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 10-12 network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And we are talking Texas Tech men's basketball. That's right. There was a doozy of a game that was played in Madison Square Garden Tuesday night. And I have coerced my co-hosts into this podcast to talk about it with me. So first off, let's welcome my right-hand man, Dylan Smith. What's up, Dylan? You know, I actually enjoy ugly basketball. Like, don't get me wrong. That was ugly basketball, but I, I, I can appreciate good defense. Good defense mixed with a lot, a lot of just god-awful offense. And so with that, i got to welcome a guy who uh, puts... <laughs> I don't know yeah, how to, what are you going to say? I don't say? know how to introduce you without Speaking insulting, of god-awful. Without insulting Speaking you. Of <laughs> so Jeremy Gillen, what's going on, Jeremy? <laughs> Don't let them fool you, folks. I'm a big fan of Texas Tech basketball. I tweeted that even like it's a win is a win. It feels good. I'm happy to be here. No coercion needed. Let's get it. So I will say this: like Tennessee was the 13th ranked team in the nation, right? There should be no shame in winning this game. Like I don't want to no. sit back and think about. I know. I mean, I was at the game. I was in Madison Square Garden. It was a great time. But a lot of Tech fans were not disappointed in the team, but in the game because of how bad the game was. But I don't want Tech fans to look away. After you sit back, you breathe, and you're like, after that terrible game, this is the 13th-ranked team in the nation. After the after what was a bad loss against Providence, you kind of wipe your slate clean with this really good win. And and as a result, both teams are in the top 10 in adjusted defense and Kempom rankings. <laughs> I, I don't know if you if that's a tribute. I think you're, it's a tribute to neither team could shoot the ball to save their lives, but it's it's nice to be there. Hey, we were basically helping each other out there at the end. Adams went over there and he's like, "Look, man, we can do each other solid right now. Let's just start <laughs> jaying it up. Just, 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 just. You feel like you got a chance? Ah, you know, get it I, out of I there." I feel like they, him and Rick Barnes talked and were like, "Look, how about neither of our teams score for about the next eight minutes and call it a day? See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens." Albie, what was the mood in uh, the garden whenever that free throw was finally made after so, so long? So funny, a funny <laughs> story about that. So funny story about that is, is that the and who who was it that went up to the line for that one free throw? It was um, uh, Josiah. Was that? Hold on, the name just came up. It was Josiah Jordan James, right? Went up for the free throw, had two guys or had two free throws. And everybody's kind of relieved, right? They're like, oh, okay, finally. There's going to be a basket scored here. People are cheering. Both Tennessee and Tech fans are cheering, mind you. They're just like, thank God. Some action. He goes up to the first free throw, misses it. The entire crowd groans. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, my God. Mind you, by this point, it's the second half. Uh, Villanova and Syracuse fans have now started to fill the stadium, too. So they're just watching just for the fun of it. This is, you know, old school Big East basketball fans here. And they're watching terrible basketball. And they're just like, oh, my God. And he finally makes the second one. The whole crowd erupted. Everybody. Didn't matter what color you're wearing, what fan you are. We were all just so happy to see a bucket go in the basket. I love that. I love that camaraderie. Although, to be said, um, Villanova and Syracuse shot abnormally bad last night too 
So there's something, there's something, there's something at the at the garden. Something's amiss. The lighting. They move the rims. What is it? <laughs> it, it explains the Knicks for so many. It years. explains the Knicks. <laughs> they plagued themselves. I will say, well, it's funny because right, their best player right now is a big close to the basket. Their best player in the '90s was a big close to the basket. Maybe there's something there. But Tennessee, an otherwise good shooting team, this is a team that shoots pretty good. In the, and I feel like an idiot because in the preview pod we talked about it. We were like, man, it's gonna be a high scoring game. Texas Tech has been able to go get up and down the, the court all year. You know, the lowest score Tech had scored up to this point was 68 against Providence in a game that we were just, you know, just ridiculous. I had foul trouble out the wazoo. Well, that our offense was bad. And then this game, and then Tennessee is even better offensively than Tech. So I'm thinking, man, this is going to be up and down. Tennessee is really not the best defensive team either. Like, Tech will be fine. Boy, was I wrong. Wrong out. My God. But it was, like you said, it wasn't necessarily the – Though the defense was really good, there was just a lot of missed shots. A lot of missed shots. What did you think about the shooting in general, Dylan? I mean, to see both teams combine for like 16% from downtown, awful. I mean, that's god-awful. 28% combined from the field goal percentage, you know? Like, it doesn't get much worse than what we saw. That Now, credit, both teams were playing really, really good defense. But when there was an open shot to be made, it seemed like there was not a bucket there for anybody. All right, so we're about five minutes into the pod. Is it time, is it, is it time to talk about um, Josiah Jordan James's missed layup? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on the topic. That is... <laughs> Controller died. I, I've never seen anything like it. I've like I, I've never seen anything like it. I and that was another, again in the crowd. We're all like, "Oh, bucket! Finally, somebody!" I mean, it sucks. It's going to be against us, but like, let's get this going. Like, something's going to happen. And I don't, I don't know if he. I think it's not, it seemed like when I watched the replay, he went up for a layup, then thought dunk, then thought layup, and it's just I've never seen anything like it. It's, it was bewildering. I I almost thought maybe he he just like mistimed his jump and he just came up short i don't i don't really know it's hard to explain what happened yeah there. i think that the players were feeling the pressure just as much as the fans were like they felt the energy <laughs> in the stadium I, i'm serious like they felt the energy of man we really haven't made a shot in five minutes we really haven't even we're missing layups clarence adani out here airballing a layup or airballing a free throw right so i feel like they really felt the pressure of the game and felt the fact that nobody scored in so long and he felt it and in his mind I'll, I'll, I'll tell a story here, all right? And it's not a story I'm proud of. I was maybe, uh, I don't know, like 10, 11, playing from a YMCA team. And I, I was, and I'm not to take this lightly, I was the best player on my team. I was the best player on my team. I was giving the ball. We didn't we didn't have much. Our team wasn't very good, but I was the best player on my team. There was one game, I put up a great big goose egg. Couldn't score a basket to save my life, right? Missing shots everywhere, missing everything. I had a wide open layup similar to Josiah Jordan James's is uh, bucket, very similar. I went up. I said, "Oh, perfect." I took my time. I'm like, I just gotta make this layup, and everything will be great. Brick the layup, brick the layup. So I feel, I feel for you, Josiah and Jordan James. I get it. All right, I've been in your shoes. And I was 11, and you're, you know, a grown man playing college basketball. But hey, tomato, tomato. You know, I, I used to have similar experiences growing up playing basketball at a young age. I was great at uh, baiting passes. And then when I got on the break, I would just launch it off the backboard because I was so excited. I was running so fast. And then, yeah, just a missile flying Man. off the backboard. You guys have these awesome basketball stories. Poor little me walking out there, seventh grade for the basketball tryouts in middle school. 
And when I went out there, we were just doing warm-ups. Everybody's shooting the ball around. I pick one up. I take a couple shots. The basketball coach walks over to me, touches me on the shoulder, and he says, Jeremy, this is not your sport. <laughs> and, I, and I said, you're right, coach. And I just, I left. I walked out. I went, I went back out to practice for football. I never again tried out for a basketball team in my life. Somebody asked me to play. The next time I played basketball, someone asked me to play on a rec league at Tech. And I told them, no, absolutely not. Let me tell you a story. And they're like, we just need bodies. Well, I end up getting like a technical because I laid a guy out, but like not for me. Happy to cover it. Happy to follow Texas Tech basketball. Do not have the same stories and affections that you guys have for. I you know just, how bad this game had spot to be for, me, man. for us to go into our swan songs of terrible sports <laughs> as, as amateur basketball players. Oh my god, this is a, our <laughs> basketball careers are more exciting than this game. <laughs> I mean, I had a better chance of that layup. <laughs> so uh, Texas Tech scored 15 points in the second half, guys. 15, one five. To put it in perspective, in five minutes of overtime, we scored 13. So we scored 13 in almost the same amount of time of 20 minutes of the entire second half. Lord, gee, mind you, the first half was bad. The first half was already sub suboptimal, right? And then to come after that and say, you know what? <laughs> Let's crank it up a notch. Let's go for it. I mean, bro. to go to have a seven and a half minute scoring drought in the second half and still win a basketball game, there's got to be a very few numbers of teams that have pulled that off. Like, that's... Uh, that's a that's, that's a nice stat. Yeah. So I do want to talk about one thing for Tech. The bench was absent for the most part. Um, only I'm trying to see if I got Outside this right. One. Four total field goals, which was missed miss shots from Adonis Arms, just not his game. Right, I thought Arms played oh decently on the defensive side of the ball, but offensively, I mean, that's just honestly, anytime Arms gets the ball in his hands, it's it kind of becomes a struggle bus a little bit. Not a good shooter. Uh, not a good driver. A lot of times he's looking for somewhere to pass. I think he has a confidence issue, but defensively. One of the best defenders on the team. And that's why he gets playing time. Uh, Santo Silva and Wilson barely got mo- burned in this game. Uh, you know, and I kind of wish I would have seen Santo Silva a little bit more, especially since Bryson Williams was kind of getting bullied a little bit. But really the only guy on off the bench that did anything great, and he had a really good game. I enjoyed it. Was that boy Bacho. Four points, 11 rebounds off the bench. Um, two blocks, both very important blocks, right? Like Bacho. Bacho has earned himself a starting spot in the lineup. Over Bryson yeah, Williams. I mean, that, yeah, the exact, so I was about to say, that's the argument, right? That's the argument, right? And, and you look at this game, and I think the biggest difference, you look at shooting percentages, you look at how many times we got to the stripe, I think the biggest difference that you could point to the why we won this game was rebounding. And you, you saw Daniel Bacho get double-digit rebounds, but he got some really important ones when we needed to. Think about that. Bacho had 11 rebounds. Terrence Shannon had 12 rebounds. Another guy had a great game. And Kevin McCullough had 10 rebounds, right? And so let's, let's talk a little bit about Bacho versus – well, we got Bacho versus Bryson Williams because Bryson Williams, a struggle bus of a game. And, and this is now two games in a row where he's really struggled. A lot of it has to do with he is not playing aggressive, not playing strong. He's doing that weak little up and, uh, up and under – bucket that gets blocked and bullied every single time he tries it and these are just not the same lower level teams that we played early in the season it's not the same lower level teams that he played over when he was at utep and it seemed like he's struggling against bigger bodies i was hoping in this game he didn't have a guy like watson like like providence did so he'd be able to against against the players that that tennessee have that aren't the biggest players i mean the commonwealth barely played in this game but even fulkerson's not that big of a player 
uh, Huntley, uh, uh, not Huntley Hadfield, uh, Plavsic isn't that big of a player, but it's Bryson just still refused to body his man up and, and go up strong. And because of that, we saw it. One thing I like about Mark Adams that we didn't see from Chris Beard too much, Mark Adams plays the hot hand. If you're playing well, he will play you. And that's what happened in this game. Yeah, absolutely. You got to feel bad. Um, <clears throat> Bryson Williams coming in, being the strong one of the strongest people on our team until we started playing really good competition. It reminds me of last year with Santos Silva coming in, this big body, a lot of physicality when it when we were early, but when we started playing tough teams, kind of shrunk back. And so Williams will lose this starting position it, it, because Bacho is doing the opposite, right? Like Bacho is being the big man. I don't care if you got one guy on him, you got five guys on him. Bacho is making the effort. And where Bryson Williams has a lot more experience kind of in that position and a lot more <clears throat> a, a lot more talent like that's kind of fleshed out through his through his his time, his career, he's not doing much with it. And so I I completely agree that Adams is doing something that Beard was afraid to do, and that's giving people that are playing well the minutes. And that that's what ultimately made the difference in the end. A lot of blocks, a lot of really good blocks from Bacho, uh or two two blocks, but like important blocks in that game when points were at a premium. Um, yeah, I think Bacho, well, yeah, I think we see Bacho get the start against Arkansas State. I mean, and look at the minutes. I mean, Bacho played 27 minutes versus Bryson Williams, 19. So, yes, he didn't start, but, I mean, he's playing starters minutes, and he did in this game, and I think he did in the last game too. Hey, guys. He didn't look gassed. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, I just want to let you know that the both teams <laughs> – both teams combined to shoot 38 out of 132. <laughs> combined almost gets 100 shots. <laughs> I believe it. Oh, yeah, my it's, goodness. That's it. Felt like it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, listen, no matter what you do, you will not take as big an L as some of these guys took if you go to home field apparel and grab some of their swag. All right. Home field apparel is a proud sponsor of the pod. Um, and with us, I mean, they, they have a, a lot of good stuff going on over there with us. You can get 15% off using the promo code TAKES12. That's T-A-K-E-S-1-2, TAKES12. So make sure to get up on that. Um, like I said, I've, I have I told you all before, but I already own some home field apparel swag. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's great stuff. We're only going to give you people that we think that you could use. And that's definitely one of them. Uh, so we thank Homefield Apparel for being at partners of the pod. And uh, let's get back into talking about Terrence Shannon Jr. Really the only guy other than Bacho that had a respectable game. Now, it's funny I'm saying he had a respectable game because he still shot 6 for 14. It ain't like he was shooting either. Well, he went, went you know, zero from three-point stripe, 0 for 5. And the difference is, is he was like, dang, I ain't scoring, shooting nothing. Let me drive. And at the end of the day, it was, I mean, Tech had Shannon. Tennessee had Chandler. And it was which one of our future NBA players can go get a bucket more. And we didn't see Chandler much in the second half score. We saw that from Shannon. Terrence Shannon was was fantastic in this game. And I think he shows, you mentioned his shooting percentage, but I think he he's proven night in and night out that he is he's our bucket getter. You know, early in the season, we talked about, well, we've got, you know, four or five different guys who could go off on any night. And well, unfortunately, that's proving to be false and it's Terrence Shannon he's the one who can go off every single night yeah I, I'm a big believer to win a national championship to go far in the final four you need like yes team ball's great Golden State Warriors ball is fantastic but the thing about the Golden State Warriors what makes it great is when they need a bucket they got Steph worst come to absolute worst they got Steph when they need it 
right? I'm a Rockets fan. Same thing with the Rockets. We used to move the ball around, shoot threes, all that other stuff. We needed a bucket with the James Harden, right? And so uh, now we go to Garrison Matthews. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> but uh, for Tech, and so when we went to the National Championship game, we had Jared Culver. year before we had Keenan Evans. And I think for the last few years, we haven't, I mean, you could argue that that Mac last year was maybe that guy, but sometimes there's still something to be missed. I think Terrence Shannon finally taking the leap that I thought he was going to take last year, but now he's taking it this year of like, I got what it takes to be in the league. And I'm going to show y'all every single night that I'm the best player on the court. And so far, in my opinion, every game we have played, especially here against Tennessee and against Providence, when he's played, he's looked like the best player on the court. What do you think, Jeremy? I love that they highlighted the story between him and O'Banner at the NBA camp, just talking it out like what what it could look like to play ball under Adams. And I think the the whole mindset for Shannon because we he had really just been the flashy player that we knew could do it but never really stepped into that role because there were people around him that did that um this year is a totally different like Terrence Shannon like his mentality of the game is you can feel it on the court he just like when he has the ball he knows this is my like this is mine like I can go and get this if I really need to like even if it's not a good choice. Like that's where his mentality is. And so when he attacks the bucket, he is attacking the bucket. Like he, a couple of, uh, a cu- like there was that dunk early on the game that he went for and it ended up being a foul. But like the intensity that he brought to that bucket is the, is the intensity that we need from players going further into conference play. And especially during the tournament, because you need somebody to just lock it in. I mean, you could see it in his eyes. Like he was just like, we are going to win this game. And it really showed up in overtime he probably was thinking, you know, I've been in a couple overtimes here at Texas Tech. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this one different, and he really showed up. Well, this is an Adams yeah, team, we baby. Win overtime, the common denominator from those. We win overtimes, right? So let's talk a little bit about overtime. So the game was tied 44-44. Sounds like a, a Virginia game. Lord Jesus, that's gross. <laughs> um, we don't talk about that team on this right, podcast. Man, <laughs> they did take an L recently too, um, but we go to overtime, forty-four, forty-four. From a from a fan perspective, watching TV, what did that feel like going to overtime? Did you were you just like, we never shot? Were you just like, man, please? Actually, before you even answer that, let me tell you a story. Again, in the stadium, the guy in front of us, was a Tennessee fan, five minutes ago says, "Listen, if there is a God up there, he will not let this go to overtime. I don't care who wins, <laughs> but he will not let this go to overtime." Sure enough, we went to overtime. And he's like, you know what? My face is in question. <laughs> Um, but yeah, did you feel like Tech could still win this game? Were you just miserable? You had five more minutes to watch? What happened, Dylan? I think I was I was mostly upset we let them force overtime. I think, you know, we had the chance to take the last shot and we took the we we left ten seconds on the clock. It, it seemed silly to me. That that was probably what upset me the most, other than the fact, yeah, I mean this game going to overtime was like waterboarding. It was torture. <laughs> I wanted no part of it. I do hate that Tennessee made a three all three, all second half, and they make two big ones to tie the game up twice. Come on, man. Uh, and I when I mean when I saw it again, it was like okay, shot clock is off. I think I even tweeted it. Shot clock is off. Drain it down. Take a shot late, and let let it be your like your game to lose essentially, like your game to go to overtime. But then I don't know. I think it was Kevin McCuller there at the end, right? I do not understand this. I don't understand like this inability to register that it's your ball. Like they're not. Tennessee wasn't being super aggressive there because they realized if they take you to the line, it'll probably be the end of the game with like 
putting you at the free throw line. So they were trying to let it play out. And smart, like intelligently, relying on the poor shooting that's been going on that night because what happened is that we decided to take we a very long shot uh, with too much time left on the clock. And as soon, as soon as they got that rebound, in my heart of hearts, I was like, this is it. Like they, 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 um, it was a, we had a four point lead at the half and over the course of a half of basketball, they inched that back to, uh, to where we're tied up. They're about to go, they're going to win this thing. Uh, and it was just by the grace of God, uh, that they did not. And over time, but because of my Texas tech basketball PTSD, I had no, I was like, that's it. They've got the momentum somehow one piece of it, whatever. They're going to win this. And I was just blown away. Nah, man. Overtime is Terrence Shannon time, baby. You did not baby. know that before Terrence this, Shannon though. You two. did not know that. Oh, man, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> okay. Two buckets early on from... And he made that pass to Davion Warner set him up to go for the blow-by... Actually, no, Kevin McCullough did. He set up for the blow-by dunk. I thought Kevin McCullough had a really bad offensive game, but still... Well, I mean, he was a good facilitator. He passed the ball pretty fairly well. Um, again, he was another one that couldn't score to save his life, but... But he did a good job there, especially early in the, in the overtime. But Terrence Shannon, man, he controlled so much of that game. Tennessee at one point seemed like they were triple teaming him, right? They had a guy up front. They had a guy willing to help on defense. They had a guy out the paint just in case he tried to drive. They knew what it was. But, uh, he, you know, he usually after these games, we have player of the game and six man of the game. I think it's pretty easy to know. Terrence Shannon was the player of the game. Daniel Bacho was the six man of the game. Those are the only two guys that didn't play awful. Um, is there any any other shout outs you want from this game? Nope. Those those are the guys. <laughs> you just want to take this game away. Funny enough, though, this game, as bad as it was, as ugly as it was, come March, the tournament will not remember how ugly this game was. All they'll remember is that we beat the 13th team in the nation. And that's all that matters. It was a it's a quadrant one win, very big win. Uh Syracuse and Villanova fans were congratulating us. They gave me free beer. I love them forever. Um so uh, it's great. Texas Tech beats Tennessee, goes to seven and one on the season. Before next week, when they play the vaunting, the terrible, the tough Arkansas State Red Wolves <laughs> at home uh, in the USA, t- uh, ESPN gives us a ninety-five point seven percent chance to win the game. I give us a ninety-nine point nine percent chance to win the game. <laughs> What do you want to see from the team in this game? I want to then? see more more offense, maybe. <laughs> um, I think I think it's a good opportunity to kind of right the wrongs of last game. Like Tennessee is a very good team, and the win is the win. I think you're playing a team that you're expected to beat here, and what you don't want to do is you don't want to come out and play a dull offense and let them hang around, right? Like you want to go out after a, a close win like that, and you want to play dominating basketball on both sides of the court. Now, they do have a weapon uh, offensively. They've got a weapon. and But the one thing I think Texas Tech has done very well this season is eliminate opposing teams' star players, or at least like minimize their impact on the game. And if you do that against Arkansas State, this could be a very big, like this could be a very big margin of victory. And I think you need that because the next person, like the next team on the schedule is not going to give you that. No, absolutely. I mean, we saw that two games ago in Providence with Watson barely scoring, who's got to put up almost 20 a game. We saw that this past game with Chandler, their best player. Guy's going to be in the NBA next year that barely scored in that. He only scored nine points in that game. So the big guy that we're talking about now, you maybe remember him from last year in the tournament, Desi Stills. Desi Stills was playing at Arkansas last year. And after, I mean, to be fair, he, I mean, he played a great game against us. Only averaged seven and a half points a game. 
year before he averaged 11. But right now, putting the ball in the basket. 16 points a game for, for the guy. He's going to be dangerous. They're going to pass him the ball. And that's the guy. He's another one. Though he's at Arkansas State, he's looking at scouts going to watch this. Scouts are going to be there. I He thinks he has a shot at the next level. And he's going to he's gonna know that when it comes to watching Desi so State tape, they're going to see how'd you do up against a defense like Texas Tech's. How'd you play? And I think he's going to ball out. Uh, Dylan, you agree? Or try to ball out, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I do. I, I do agree. I think he'll have a good game. I, I think people will remember when we got Coach Williams from Arkansas, a lot of people thought, oh, Desi Sills, he's coming to Texas Tech. Um, so he's probably a guy who could have played here at Texas Tech, but he decided instead of being a dude, he wanted to be the dude. So Arkansas State it is for him, and I think he'll have a good game. But what, what I want to see from Texas Tech is I want to see a role player have a great game. Uh, you know, I think this could be a Bryson Williams confidence booster game. This could be a Daniel Bacho, Daniel Bacho total takeover game. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to see someone who, or maybe this is Kevin O'Banner's breakout game. Finally, like I want to see one of those guys like dominate a basketball game. Yeah, I think, and I think you alluding to that, I, I, they need to get their confidence back offensively. They've had two rough games offensively. The first one had to do with more with foul trouble than actually bad offense. Last game was all bad offense, nothing but bad offense. And so really getting their confidence back. It started a lot of that. That's why it will not surprise me. I know some people are starting to see some of our, some of our friends, like, like RC and like Ryan Mainville kind of advocate for Bacho to start. The reason I, I, I wouldn't, and I'm not saying he won't, but the reason I would still start Bryson Williams next game is to see if he can get his confidence back. Right? This is, I think, a very big game where to see if, okay, look, we're going to try to feed you early on. Can you get back to 18 points, 15 points? Can you get that confidence back? You are that guy down low. Can you go back to being aggressive? Because Arkansas ain't got nobody that can hold you, man. There's nobody, or Arkansas State, I should say. There's nobody in Arkansas State that can hold Bryson Williams, and so he should treat it like that. He should look at that and say, you know what? I'm that guy. I'm going to treat Arkansas State like I've treated every other lower-level yeah. team so far, and let's get that confidence back. And I think that's necessary. I think if Bryson Williams has another bad game against now Arkansas State, you can't start him against Gonzaga. And you already know that Bacho is good off the bench. And so I like that idea of allowing Williams to kind of reestablish himself. Because it is his, it is his position. Like the one question mark on the rotation right now is Williams, and so is it? Are we replacing with Bacho or not? And so this is like kind of. I think this is really one a good narrative, like under narrative of this game is that how good is Williams playing, and how good is Bacho playing off the bench, and like who's going to get the start against Gonzaga? Because that's going to be a really big. Everybody's got to be on their game that night, and so you don't want to have somebody coming mild. Yeah, part of me also want, is curious, and, and I, I don't think this is going to happen, but I would be interested about it. I would probably rest Terrence Shannon. I mean, I know there's, a, there's about a week in between games, so you know he's kind of getting a rest already, but it still seemed like he was nursing that hamstring a little bit. This is a game that you should be able to win no problem without him, and like we just said, it's going to be a game to really get everybody else's confidence back after that abysmal night. This is, I think, a game where maybe you rest Terrence Shannon a little bit, get him ready for Gonzaga, and let everybody else get the confidence. I think everybody else needs it. I mean, I expected a big game from Davion Warren since he was playing in front of his family, and he struggled. Kevin McCullough couldn't shoot from the field. You know, like, like so having those guys, I think, I, I think this would have been a good, it would be a good night to either rest Terrence Shannon or maybe limit his minutes a little bit. You just are not going to need him all the time. I'm also, I want to blow out, because I also want to see the end yeah. of the bench. KJ! <laughs> Bring him Let's out. see KJ back. We, I talked about the fact that bet good players are getting more playing time. You know, one player that's played well but still not have increase in playing time. Where is that at? boy KJ? Where is he at? Where, where is he at? So uh, <laughs> he's at the end of the bench. 
Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, give me your predicted player of the game, Dylan. You said Kevin that last week. O'Banner. Uh, I've tried. I've tried. I'm trying to will this into existence. I know. I have said this. Not even. I think I've said it more than last week. Um, I'm trying to will it into existence at this point. I think if he can just be that three point sniper to kind of space the floor, it will help this entire offense. And uh, clearly, our offense needs it at the moment. So I'll say this with KJ. I still think he's a three point sniper from the corner. He reminds me a lot of PJ Tucker, to be honest. As a Rockets fan, reminds me a lot of PJ Tucker from the corner. Now, obviously, he was two for ten from the last game, so I'm not going to say automatic. But he is. Oh, you mean KO? Uh, yeah, Kevin. Oh, what did I? Who did I say? Kevin McCullough? KJ. Oh, my bad. Yeah, man. All right, I would say KJ. Kevin Kevin O'Banner. Sorry, KO is automatic from the or should be automatic from corner. He's a good three and D player from that corner. But as you see, if he shoots a three anywhere else, and I talk about Peter Tucker a lot, he ain't the best shooter, right? I want to see more from him. We expected more. Well, I'll say fans expected more from him coming into the season. I was so a little skeptical from. I was a little skeptical of him from all of our transfers. And there's some guys that I've been right about, some guys I've been wrong about. I was skeptical on him. I was skeptical a little bit on Bryson Williams, even though everybody was on, on top of him. Um, and I was, you know who I love? Sadar Calhoun. I, I, I was wrong about him. <laughs> right? But I was also right about Davion Warren. So, but I do want to see Kevin O'Banner, which uh, most Texas Tech fans lauded, loved, wanted, liked, liked what they saw from him. Right? They thought that he could be that guy that, even though he's a, a quote-unquote big from the perimeter, could really make some things happen, and he just hasn't been that. He's kind of, on one hand, you could he's, he's been comfortable in his role. I think he's a better defender than I was expecting. But on the other hand, like sometimes we need to do a little bit more than just chill in the corner and call it a day. So, uh, again, this is another good confidence builder. So, as Dylan wills KO to a good game, Jeremy, who do you think is going to be your player of the game? Um, I like that O'Banner comment that needs to, because he's, he's had a lot of opportunities around the paint that have not that he's either not taken or have just not looked good um for me i really want davion warren to step back into that surprising role of like being the points getter being that you know dominator in the paint uh i think that he showed a lot in the first five you know first five games of the season and uh a little bit and then not so much and so i think that this for you know bryson williams is worried about how is he going to perform against Arkansas State? I think I really want to see how Damian Warren responds after having like his optimal game of playing in the garden, playing in front of family, back into Lubbock, Texas, with the rowdy fans that love him very much. Um, you know, how does he respond and how does he get help us get the dub at home? I just want to see um, him get a lot more points than he has been lately. Because he can. Aww. So sentimental towards Damian Warren. You know, just uh, I want the best for that guy, huh? <laughs> Oh, just trying to make um, friends, Albie. <laughs> so I, I said in this pod that I think Bryson Williams should start. And I think he should. I think he should start. This should be the game he gets his confidence back. And I think he'll play well. Guess who I think is going to start against Gonzaga? Daniel Bacho. Why? Because Bacho going to kill it. But Bacho is going to kill it. Listen, the tallest person on Arkansas State's team is, well, technically it's Keon Wesley at 6'9". But uh, Wesley, he, 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 I mean, he plays, but he's not any good. Uh, so I expect Bacho to dominate him. I expect him, when he gets in the game, to dominate North Chad Omoyer. I expect him, when he gets in the game, to dominate Antoine Jackson. Those are all six foot seven, six foot eight guys. You are bigger than all of them, Bacho. Show your prowess. When he comes in the game, he's a rim protector. We, we, we haven't had a real, legit rim protector since your boy Tyreek. Which is... Could be another key to, to making the hey. Final Four run. So this, like, let's hey, start let's, it now, baby. Let's start the magic. Let's start it now. 
I think Bryson Williams has a good decent game, but Bacho comes in, the crowd's gonna be behind him. He's I mean he's a tall Euro, he's a tall, Finally tall on European. Like it's all going for it's all going Bacho's way. <laughs> Bro, he has a parody account. Oh man, it's off it's all off that. When you when you get a, a personal parody account? Or like a or no no not a parody account, a stand account. It's the Bacho Hive. He has yeah. a stand account. And nobody else got a stand account. Tash didn't even got a stand account. It's off top yeah, it's Sorry, sorry, Bryson. Yeah, you came here. You thought you'd start. You looked early on, looked like to be the guy, but then you, you turned around. That's the reason why we ended. That's the reason why Bush turned French fries to freedom fries. He knew this was gonna happen for you, man. <laughs> Bush is very Bush is so pro-America that uh, a decade beforehand he was like, no, or no, fifteen years beforehand he was like, you know what? I'm gonna turn these into freedom fries, not because of the war that's currently going on now, but fifteen years from now, this Frenchman is gonna steal Bryson Williams' spot. All right, he had that foresight. All right, we didn't listen to him. Right. So, uh, <laughs> Jeremy, anything else you want to say? Daniel to Bacho is officially on Twitter. Follow him at Bacho underscore four. Also, Arkansas State on Kim Palm is 212th. If we don't win by 20, I'll be upset. I'm laughing at Bacho's Twitter name, Bacho underscore four. <laughs> <laughs> is he generic. number four? He knows what it's, he's about. Okay. Yeah, There's well, a, you know. a little context there. I, mean, I thought was, maybe there was just like three yeah, other Daniel on, Bachos who got to Twitter before him. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, one. Okay, no. Two? Two? Okay, no. no. Three. Ah, okay, okay four. No. Oh, so he's like, un, do, dua? Ah. <laughs> That's the uh, height there of my friends right there, everyone. So, <laughs> Dylan, anything else you want to say to the people? Bacho Hive. I mean, I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I was I was big on Bacho coming into the year. I now I didn't think he was gonna be this good, but man, what what a stud. Big boy. I thought we were still at least a year away. Yeah. I thought we were, I thought at least a year. All right, you know, we talked about it beforehand. We said that we didn't think Bacho or KJ Allen would play at all this year. And I we've so far been right about one of those guys, and it ain't Daniel. Uh one of the big reasons that Central Silva didn't play in the last game against Tennessee very much is because Bacho was just playing that good. So I appreciate it. Adams rides the hot hand, and I really appreciate that because uh, that guy in Austin did not do that. Speaking of which, I was telling the guys here that that guy in Austin was parading his team around New York City. And uh, while, you know, because they're playing Seton Hall, they just played Seton Hall tonight. And we're recording this Thursday night, playing Seton Hall. And he was like, let's go to New York City, you know, the place where I was supposed to play before I left. Let's, let's go and have fun, guys. And then he sends out a tweet like, uh oh. Good win, everybody. He was probably at the game in a trench coat. I thought I was paying attention or anything, but good win, guys. Yeah. Good win, guys. Uh, <laughs> so he was there, and then he ended up getting whooped by Seton Hall, the team that actually beat us uh, some years back. So I think that is some poetic justice there. So, yeah, I mean, game next was that next Tuesday in the USA, Texas Tech playing host to Arkansas State. Our warm-up before the big matchup against Gonzaga – you know, I, I still don't know too much what to think about this team, right? Lost to Providence largely because of free throws. In my opinion, we should still be undefeated, but it is what it is. Uh, so a game that we had it in the hand, in hand at the end of the game and lost. And then another game against Tennessee where we had it in the end of the, in hand and we won. So I still don't really know what to think about this team. There's still some pros and cons. I think we'll learn a lot about this game against Gonzaga because though I felt that no matter what, this Providence game was going to be close, the Tennessee game was going to be close, Gonzaga can get out of hand if you don't treat it well. If you watched, if you just look at the box score of the Gonzaga-Texas game, you may be thinking, oh, Texas held their own. They did not. They got blown out. 
and Tech could easily get blown out too. So I'm very interested to see what happens in that game. But at the very least, let's sit back, crack open a cold one, have fun against Arkansas State. So uh, that's all for me. It's all for Dylan, our producer extraordinaire, and Jeremy. Uh, you've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.